0: Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences, as well as current and long-term goals and what gets them through the ups and downs. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. And if you don't already follow my Instagram account at jparkerfitlife for actionable tips daily to live a healthier lifestyle. Enjoy the show. Hi guys. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. Today I have who I believe will be my first recurring guest. It's Johnny Zubak from The Art of Charm. Uh, the Art of Charm recently just got done with uh, their most recent theme, which was centered around dating. And listening to some of those podcasts, one of the ideas that uh, came to my mind was that they didn't do a whole lot of talking about like dating in a new environment. And specifically, from my point of view, um, was like dating after college. Uh, for people in my peer group, I know it's a big difference when you're no longer in you know, around a big group of people that are your same age and have the same interests, and you know, you're starting a new probably job and stuff like that too, and finding new friend groups. And uh, I remember that Johnny had also moved to three different cities in his time, and so I thought that we could sort of talk about the all-encompassing dating in a new environment.
1: Well, we certainly can, and I'm thank you. I'm I'm happy to have the honor of being the first uh, the repeat guest. That that's mm-hmm. You might I. That might make me, that might make your show my first repeat. So that's rad. All right. <laughs> Leaving college, it's, there was a couple things that you mentioned there. Um, everyone's the same age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone has the same goals. They're in the same environment. They're all dealing with the same sort of stress that is
2: mm-hmm.
1: And when you're outside of that, you're dealing with people who are in mode so to speak they're doing mm-hmm. their thing they are they are living life to the best of their limited abilities
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so the the biggest point there is is there's that transition the sooner you learn how to deal with it the better off you're going to be because uh-huh. that's who you're going to be for the rest of your life
0: mm-hmm. I think that one of my biggest takeaways from uh, your guys' series on dating was just the fact that you know we always look at how nervous we are in dating from our own perspective, like especially as guys. I know that you guys talked about how it's usually uh, more often than not the guy that's the one to take the initiative to uh, start the first date and whatever, which is not a hundred percent the rule. It's just more often than not, and I think that. We can get so nervous, like, oh, you know, like, what's she gonna say? What's she gonna think? But at the same time, a girl's very nervous as well, you know. Everybody wants to, to some extent, most people want to be in a relationship at least at some point in their life, and we all want it to be happy and successful. And it's stressful for our all parties involved. I think that's what's important to remember. It
1: certainly is, and nobody on the guy's side or the women's side want to waste time on a bad date.
2: hmm uh,
1: And so. It's good to acknowledge that and to to go into it to, to prepare to your to the best of your abilities to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't enjoy dating, it's going to be it's it's going to be a, a tough task because unfortunately that's just we it's the process that we have to go through to to bring people into our lives and you know you can think of dating in one way which is uh the male to female or or your whatever gender you're you're into uh, members of the opposite sex or or, or same sex but mm-hmm. that's that's romantically whereas you know even just getting to meet new friends yeah. can be a bit weird hanging out with somebody to, for the first time that you meet at a venue or mm-hmm. at a event and now you're gonna go have drinks to, like develop a it's somewhat of a platonic relationship because when you're at school, everybody's just forced into these classrooms and you're you tend to force to work with with people and get to know people. And so it's it's you're always surrounded. And one of the things that I wanted to go back to was the sooner you let go of of your school atmosphere, the sooner you can get moving into regular life. What people tend to do is try to hold on to their college friends for as long as possible.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: they find themselves five, six years down the road, and all their friends have gotten married or in solid, stable relationships. Uh, they're now starting, some of them are even starting families. And then they find themselves like, shit, I'm out of friends. And I can tell yeah. you there's a lot of guys who find themselves at the art of charm in that position. It's a, it's a natural one. If you, if you haven't developed the skills to bring new people into your life.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think that's something that's kind of jumps to my mind that you mentioned there is like making friends and dating is so much easier in college because it's like, even things that are so simple as small talk, it's like, Oh, what are you doing for classes? You know, what do you think about the game and this and that, like, it's just, it's just right there for you. Whereas People, you know, as you leave college and you try to figure out the kind of the course of your life and you know what what things you want to do and pursue, it's it's so there's so many more different variables that people um, are working on or are thinking about, and it's not just as as basic as college life, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, and think about the semblance of of ideas and wants and goals while you're in college,
2: mm-hmm. learning.
1: Uh, trying to graduate, acing your tests, um, trying to get in some partying and meeting people while you're mm-hmm. there. But after that, the, the people who are already out and running life, they're dealing with stabilizing their their life, their mm-hmm. job. They're dealing with hoping to get some health insurance. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're actually dealing with world, world problems. Not to say that school isn't stressful, mm-hmm. but at least everyone's kind of going through the same shit yeah. whereas outside uh, everyone everyone's on their own you're not forced yeah. to be anyone and let's face it the jobs that we are looking at the job market is getting more and more isolated more and more people are working from home more um, and more people have the opportunity to to not have to deal with many people on a daily basis mm-hmm. and that's lending itself to more and more people having issues of, of having any sense of belonging, which is, we're, we're in a crisis of that right now. And that, that sense of belonging, if you don't have it, well, you don't feel safe, which lends itself to you being stressed out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: lends itself to depression. So
0: mhm And I think that something that people forget and another thing that stuck with me from your guys' podcast was just that it's okay if someone rejects you. And where I was going with that is like, it's it's not so simple as like someone rejects a date with you or doesn't want to build a relationship. It's not always just because they didn't like you or things didn't click. Like people have a million other things going on with their life, you know, job stresses and, you know, health stresses, family, whatever. There's such a multitude of things. I think dating is probably – there's probably on a base level just a higher success rate in college because it's like we're here, you know, might as well try things out. Whereas in the real world, someone might not be open to dating or open to relationships as as quickly or as easily, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and the other part of it is some people view – can view dating as their distraction, just Mm -hmm. like some people view drinking. Some people view – partying some people view video games Mm -hmm. those are all distractions from having to deal with yourself dating is now one of those and one of the things that we touched upon in that series was the idea of limerence Mm -hmm. Uh, limerence is the the idea of falling in love with the idea of falling in love Mm -hmm. these apps make it possible for you to fall in love, uh, quite frequently. And you, and people have now are now there's this, this thing of being addicted to limerence and chasing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how much you guys talked about the apps. And it's interesting to think about it from my perspective too, because as I become more interested in dating, it's definitely something that I plan on checking out Whereas I used to have the mindset of like, oh, that's just like all the hookup culture. And I think that's because like the first time I ever saw something like that, it was like 18 years old, freshman in college. And it was more so that. But now people around my age, 23, you know, mid-20s, it is a lot more of a medium now for people to meet and go on dates and stuff like that. And it's been hard for me to kind of switch my mindset, but I'm really starting to see the value in it. But on the flip side of the coin, I also see that distraction aspect too, where people can treat it as like almost a game or like look how many matches I got and this person wants to talk to me and this person wants to talk to me and not focusing on it with intention so much.
1: It's, and it's very easy. Look, look at all of the technology that we use as distraction. I
2: mean, mm-hmm. all,
1: it's very easy. Why? It's right in front of us. Um, I'm now at a point where I'm starting to think about, throughout my week of opportunities to leave my phone at home. And because I'm finding it harder and harder to be present with, all, with my phone in my pocket, with all the work that just follows me around. Now, I've managed to not take it out when I'm chatting with people. I managed yeah. to pull my phone out on a date. I managed to pull my phone out, dinner with friends. In fact, when my friends do pull out their phone, I look at them as, hey, you know like get off your damn phone quick yeah, thing, come so. on man and so yeah then, then you look at me like i'm the asshole but i it's difficult talking to my friends who don't understand self development because mm-hmm. they, they don't they don't see their life rolling in a certain direction and then when mm-hmm. i call it out it's not at me but
0: oh it just i just reminds me of one of the best podcasts i think i heard last month was did you listen to the joe rogan with naval yes he, he was talking about how, like, it's, it's kind of a paradox because we had, we had tools that whenever we could get them, it would be good for us, such as having entertainment or having excess of food and stuff like yeah. that or having, like, news and gossip. There was a point in not that long ago in our history that that would have always been beneficial. But now it's so ready, readily available that we have to limit that sort of stuff for ourselves. And it's hard because it kind of goes against our, our most innate instincts.
1: Which is the, my main point. Of the apps in dating, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that. But um, yeah, these things—this is stuff that we didn't have access to to this degree, and it does enhance our lives. Uh, but at the, the other side of the coin is it's also damaging our lives and and in other ways. So yeah, and this is something that I've been trying to be very conscious of, which is if you pull one lever you're inadvertently moving, moving another lever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you, have to, you have to look around to see what, uh, what other lever is being moved and if it's affecting your life short-term and long-term. And now we're at a point where there is short- and long-term effects to, uh, to these, this technology, and we're not even really clear on – we certainly know how detrimental it is on the short term. I'm scared to even think about all, all the long term.
0: Mm-hmm. And the other interesting thing about the apps is it's like maybe the paradox of choice where it's like yeah. for the first time we have such a vast array. If you're on dating apps, it's like you have such a vast array of people that you could potentially date or get to know or whatever. Whereas back You know, when we didn't have that sort of stuff, you only had your social network and maybe people, you know, you got to meet here and there, but it wasn't near as big of a a vast array of people to, that were options, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, let me, let's speak to that. There was a, there is a a company in New York. I can't remember their name now, but it was a a couple women who's, who've made a full-time job. Of managing people's dating apps,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was just thinking about this today, and and thinking about what I wanted to talk about with you today, and what's interesting there is like I had I, there was a couple months where I did a lot of dating, and I was doing a lot of experimenting and re- mm-hmm. research. I'm saying that in quotes. <laughs> I was having some fun with them, but how picky and and narcissistic. Do you have to be just to, like, date on a surface level where somebody else has to manage your dating apps mm-hmm. and keep sending you the quality leads? I get it. Like, they're a pain in the ass, and they take up time. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, just because you, you can delegate and, and um, something doesn't mean that you should. And, yeah. I just, Just because you can automate something. It's It's such a
0: balancing act. It seems like because even like the fact that it's just based mostly off like a small description and pictures, it's like, yeah, you want to put your best self forward, but then you also run into the flip side of like, I don't, I don't want people to just judge me off just a short description and some pictures. But at the same time, you know, that's, that's what you get in the moment and that's what you make these choices off of.
1: Yeah. And it's, if you can get your profile to work for you, then you, the, if you live in a large city, the the, the options are endless. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always new people coming in and out of town, and and sp- certainly living in Los Angeles, it's just it's it's amazing to me the the options that are out there. And another thing that we were talking about is the apps and the technology around them plays into our human need to of preparedness and so Mm -hmm. here we are jake that you and i are talking if you're a fan of the art of charm and i would even guess your podcast um, then you are into self-development and if you're into Mm -hmm. self-development there's a high probability that you're a very analytical guy
2: and Mm -hmm. you
1: enjoy the, the the science and the learning of all this stuff as i am now these apps, you let's just say that you get a match, and the girl looks great, and you've you've managed to finagle a date out of
2: it. Mm-hmm. And
1: you've I'm sure that you've gotten her social media because well why wouldn't you You want to know something about yeah. the girl that you're going out on this or guy that you're going out on the date with. So now you got their social media. Well, you don't want to show up unprepared because what happens? No one wants to face the dreaded, awkward silence. Mm-hmm. So to combat that. Your natural inclination is to to go through all their social media and find out yeah. the likes and what they've done and, and where they've been lately and what's going mm-hmm. on in the lives. So now you arm your, yourself to the teeth with information. But the, the problem is that information though you have it doesn't come with any really any real context. Uh-huh. So you're like, oh, she likes that book. Well I like that book too. You don't know anything about how she got to a point of reading that book and likes that mm-hmm. book. So so though so now you're going into a date with a conversational agenda. Mm-hmm because what happens if it goes off the rails? We'll all know that I'm, 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 I'm off the path, I'm lost. That is risk of the awkward silence. So we go in with all this information, we have an agenda of where we want the conversation to go, and now we're trying to stay on that path, but the move one lever, move another. So now the problem is you're not present, you're too much into your head about
2: mm-hmm.
1: what other things you could talk about, and is the conversation going down the paths you wanted to? And it's only natural to do that. Mm-hmm. Everyone uh, attempts to do that, and I, I, in the research that I was doing, was I went on dates with all the information in the world. And compared that to how the dates went with knowing absolutely nothing about the person other than we had a match and uh, we had a brief 10-minute talk on the phone to decide if we wanted to meet up. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I I left the interactions with all the information wondering how did that date went? Did she like, did she enjoy my company? Are we going out again? Did I make a good for suppression because I wasn't able to focus on being present. Now, I went in prepared, and so some of that nervousness was gone because I had all this info. I traded that nervousness upfront for all this information, but then it pulled me out of the interaction. When I went into the, the, the dates knowing absolutely nothing about the person, of course i was a bit more nervous because i had no info i yeah. had no plan however i was able to focus on what actually matters mm-hmm. being present my body language um and 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 enjoying being there in the moment and showing them for some enthusiasm yeah. for, for meeting somebody cool and the conversations went haywire they even mm-hmm. went in the, this is that on, on paper, you would think don't go there mm-hmm. because there was no agenda and we were in the moment and we were having fun. Those conversations were spirited and went in those directions because that's where they naturally just went. There wasn't me trying to, oh, no, we're heading into dangerous territory.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here, get out of this. No, there was just fun and going there.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Because, that's funny. You mentioned that because it's something I've talked to people about, about my podcast before is like, when I first did the first few interviews, I had this long list of questions. And it was like, I was going to ask this, this and this. And yeah. then I finally realized the, the the benefit in like, maybe having a couple questions, but really just seeing where the conversation goes. Because when when it's more, you know, like you said, in the moment, you know, just talking about what comes up that shows a person's natural interest and not just a, a rigid form of okay, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to bring this up. And then that just goes back. Well, this is kind of separate, but what, what was encompassed there was another one of my favorite takeaways from the dating segment from the art of charm. And you talk so much about social media and should you check out the person's social media before, or should you not? I think that anybody listening can probably relate to the feeling of like, you've gone and like, you've creeped on so much social media. It's almost like, okay, I know all of this. Like, how much should I let this person know that I know about them? Like, <laughs> should I let them know? It's like how, how deep I got on their Instagram. Like, she's talking about this vacation she went on, and I already knew because I saw it on her, on her Instagram. And just funny, yeah, like you, know that,
2: that that you know never you know had a thought about before.
0: Yeah. And then the yeah. other thing that I remember that you mentioned as far as that social media aspect is like, you can kind of get trapped in looking, like, uh, analyzing. You talked about analytical, like analyzing you know, their, their looks too, and getting too into that. And like, oh, this is a good Instagram picture. She looks super pretty. And all this one, she doesn't look as pretty. And like your brain's kind of trying to decide, like just go into it and just have a person to person interaction, you know?
1: Yeah. But like I said, going into it with no information is, is very scary. Mm Going into it with this plan, you feel all set. You're like, I'm prepared. I got this down in, Mm -hmm. but it knocks you out just, and it's the same thing. Equally as you talked about the podcast and it's funny because it, the, the art of Tron podcast is much in the same manner um, where I come in, Michael Harold puts together a, a bullet point of, of, of the, of the conversation. He does all the research for the show, make sure that we have good science and everyone's names are able to be pronounced and all that in there for us. Mm-hmm. And then I outside of that will go through those notes make a few points that that I might have a cool story from my life about and then I then I go into it with air. I don't really even look at those notes after I sit in and start talking because they've already in my head recently I've wrote them out. Mm-hmm. And if they're that important they'll they'll match up with the conversation. And then Jay Shetty, I don't know if you're familiar with him. We did a podcast. Yeah I remember
0: that podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: He said something that stuck with me: that if, if you walk out of here feeling that you did a seventy-five percent job, you're good. Mm. And I agree with him on that, because if you get worried about trying to knock it out of the park hundred percent, then you're you're out of the game. Mm. You're, you're you're out of uh, being present. And for me, those conversations that I have with AJ are the conversations that we have at work, and that we enjoy and we have a lot of fun with, and it's trying to get those on the show to the mm-hmm. best of our ability. And um, obviously with the producers and engineers and where we're at, that's that's a difficult thing to do. Um, but if we can get a 75% shot, and and that's at low end. I usually walk out there thinking we banged it out at 85%. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's another thing too, is like, you'll, you'll always give yourself, you always be harder on yourself. You're your worst critic. And so a lot of times right after a podcast or whatever, it's sort of like, if you want to call it an artistic performance of any kind, if you want to be more broad, it's like, you'll always think it went worse than it was. I noticed the same thing with my podcast too. I'll always think of what could have gone better, you know, and then people go, Hey, that was really good. I enjoyed this, this, and this. And it's like, people aren't attacking. They're not looking for what went wrong. They're just kind of hoping like you said, that it was a pretty good overall experience. And I don't think it's as hard to cultivate that as, as you'd make it seem in your own thought patterns in your head. Absolutely. can be Applied to dating as well. Like you're always, I think, especially on a first date, you're in your head. Oh, I remember. She's going to remember when I said this or did this. And it's like the other person's thinking that same thing. They're not paying attention to all the small, the small details that you're worried about for the most part.
1: Well, yeah. And let's, let's think about some of the the things that, Bring up all the nerves, okay? So the one thing is, we tend to put our power in other people's hands, mm-hmm. which means I hope she likes me, oh my god, I, you know and and because of that, we're our power is in her hands our our emotions are in her hands. And if we've been on Instagram stalking her. Then we have this person built up and then in a pickup community, I guess those guys call it one-itis. You can't, you only have one, one-itis if you've already imagined yourself and the va- value that this person is going to bring into your life.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and this is why if you see somebody at work and you start to get attracted and then you start daydreaming about what your life is going to be like with that person, well, of course, you don't want to be rejected. You've already been living with that person in your brain for years. Mm-hmm. That's, I always tell everyone, get it out of your system as soon as possible. Find out if there's anything there. And the best part about it is, like, what if she says no? Well, what if she says no? That doesn't mean no six months from now. That yeah. doesn't mean no a year from now. But at least you know right there and then you could go focus your energy somewhere else.
0: It reminds me of something that Tim Ferriss had talked about before, which is, are you familiar with fear setting? What Tim talks about? It's like kind of breaking down your fears where like, if your fear is that a girl is going to say no to a date, that might seem scary built up in your head. But if you actually think about it, okay, she says, no, we both go on living our lives. Like, yeah, it might sting for a second, but it's like, you know, there's a lot worse things in life. And at least you tried, you know, at least you didn't keep wondering.
1: Yeah. And for me, I got into self-development certainly in the, pickup side of things as a young man, because I didn't want the feeling of going home, laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, going, I wish I would have said something, Mm -hmm. I would have done something. I like that to me was, was more of a downer than getting rejected, at least Mm -hmm. getting rejected. I knew that I put myself out there. I
2: didn't.
1: Um, that was more important to me than anything. And it, sometimes it even takes a mental mindset shift to get to that point. Um, having your power and your emotions in other people's hands, if that is a problem, then that's the first thing that you have to reorganize. Because yeah. if it's in dating, then, it, then it's in other areas of your life as mm-hmm. well.
0: And that speaks to the importance of self-development. Is back to that. Is like if you've worked on cultivating a good self-image for yourself, and you're confident in who you are, then if someone rejects you, you're like, it's okay. Like I still have a high self-esteem. And then it, in the same way, it's like it makes you more confident to make that ask because you know if you have a good self-esteem, you're like I'm an interesting person. Like I think he or she would be interested in meeting me. if you've cultivated, you know, the worked on yourself. I mean, self-improvement is such a a broad area. But if, if I think that you only truly know if you've worked on cultivating that self image for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and, and what it look at the things that it takes to cultivate that, right? You're into to fitness and understand the, mm-hmm. the, the ins and outs and all the benefits from it. And I, and I, I really enjoy your Instagram as well. Um, Thank you. It's very inspiring because it's always in my, it's always in quick in my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it is all those small wins and that transfer, transition into other areas of your life. And you have to get those wins somewhere. And in the gym is one of the easiest places because mm-hmm. it's you and what you got to do. And here's something that is a sneak peek that is going to be on this coming week's episode okay. which is this idea of mastery where people get in their head well i'll do that when i learn all about it mm-hmm. after i put got in my head then i'll do it I, I, mm-hmm. I need to master it first then put myself I, I need to master the guitar first before i get into a band well okay. if that was there'd be no ramones there'd be no anybody but my point in that is there is a mastery but the mastery is not over a skill because you never stop learning a skill. Yes. The mastery is over one's limited self-doubt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let me give you a, a silly example of this. I recently had just got a brand new bed and I'm a bit of a minimalist, not, mm-hmm. not as an ideology or, and not as a, anything other than it's just it happens that way. Like mm-hmm. my apartment is the last thing that I think about. So, um, you know, there uh, girls will come in they're like, you should put up some pictures. And I'm like, why? <laughs> they're
2: like,
1: yeah. so you decorate and I'm like, I don't understand the point of that.
2: But anyway, yeah, the same just, way. I agree. <laughs> so
1: I, that's probably a guy thing too, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, I, I got this new bed and I had, I, I had to order a box spring for it and the the company that i ordered the bed from threw in a serviceman to put it together for me however the box spring came separately i had to put that together myself now i as of lately there's not much that i i build anymore I, Mm -hmm. i i did spend some years early in my life building skateboard ramps and houses and things like that but you know I don't build much stuff anymore with no. my head. Anyway, I opened up the box spring box and I put all the pieces out, and I immediately was said to myself, "Just call, just call handy and, and set up somebody to come put this together." You don't know what you're doing. That was mm-hmm. my first call, and I'm sitting there and I went, "Wait a minute, this is a this is a box spring. Like, how difficult can it actually be?" Uh All the people there, they sent the tools. So I'm like, You have nothing to do. Grab a beer, read the directions and follow them. See what Mm -hmm. happens. And I did. And this piece went to this piece, and this piece fit with that piece. And oh, and like 20 minutes in, I'm like, Oh, I got it. I'm I'm gonna make this thing. And I laughed because my first thought was fuck this. Call Mm -hmm. somebody. you don't need to get aggravated right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you can also imagine the amount of self-satisfaction that I had that like I put it together
0: yeah Yeah. that's a
1: stupid simple thing
0: but it's just like little things like you said little things add up like that and boost your 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 self-image
1: yeah and how quick do we go to the have somebody else do it how quick do we get to the I give up how quick do we go, well, I don't know how to build a box spring. Well, of course you don't, know, because you've never built one before. How about mm-hmm. try to figure it out? How many things do we not know how to do? You know, there was a time when you didn't know how to podcast, right? Mm-hmm. There was a time when I didn't know how to podcast. There was a time when I didn't even know what a podcast was. Mm-hmm. There was a time when getting in front of the room to speak about this sort of thing, I'd never done it before,
2: mm-hmm. you know?
1: There's a first for everything. Why push it away? Dive in. And it's difficult. We, when, when handy is to push a button on the phone and somebody's going to show up and it'll be, mm-hmm. what, a hundred bucks to put a box, bring together when it, it just took me like an hour? Like Yeah. But that's, that's where we're at. And just, yeah. because, just because you can have somebody and put it together doesn't mean you should. And I yeah. think that's where we're at. Just because you can do that doesn't mean you should. And i mm-hmm. that's where discipline comes in. That's where thinking long-term comes in. Uh, it, and uh, we're, we're, that is something that we all have to face every day. And hey, mm-hmm. I'm glad I live in that world. I'm glad I don't wake up starving, wondering what I'm going to eat today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, something that when that jumps to mind for me is like something that helped improve my confidence a lot. That was more so of an intellectual discipline was I think a time when I had a really slow self-image and had a lot of anxieties, I would always think about like, oh, I'd love to read and learn a little bit more about self-improvement or like I'd love to read and know a little bit more about history. And it was little things like that, but I would never pick up a book and just do it. And then I (laughs) mentioned the decision where it's like, like go get some books and just read them. Like take the time out of your day. And it sounds simple, but it's like you say, when you build stuff up in your head, it's so easy to make the compromise with yourself. Like, Oh, I'll do that someday. I'll do that next week, next month, next year. But it really, it's such, it's so nice to instill confidence to where, like, I remember when I finished my first book, it was like the middle of last year. And I finally, you know, I finished uh pretty stereotypical, but the seven highly, seven habits of highly effective people. It's like, this yeah. would be a good self-improvement book to start. And I, uh, I finished that. I was like, man, look, I look what I did. I I finished a book from start to finish just for my own benefit. And then from there, like now I try to read a book about every other week. And it's like, it, it just from, from small habits can form such big and long-term uh, sustainable growth. And especially in your confidence.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I can't agree. I can't agree more. It's certainly when you are faced with something for the first time, think about, long term if you push this off uh how does that benefit you you know can you take it on should you give it a shot should you try it um yeah it may take some time what else do you have going on if if, if taking some time out to do this thing for the first time is getting in your way of playing video games is getting in your like of sitting in front of the TV and binging on something, you then you might want to think about trying something else. Yeah. You know, I always give the young kids that come through AOC a really hard time. I like to think that's part of my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and but I certainly have taken some shots at, at the kids who are video gamers, you know, and now, but now I have to hear about how much money they make from actually mm-hmm. doing it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, I just saw, so, I don't know if you saw this, AJ and I got invited to a Boy Scouts oh, meeting, yeah, yeah. Um, weekend, and we went up to check out what the kids were doing, and my God, it was so much fun. Um, but one of the conversations I was having with the head of Boy Scouts for Los Angeles is they're seeing attendance dwindle, but all group activities across the board football chess club like any any sort of social clubs across the board are all Mm -hmm. having these things dwindle and parents are now reaching out he was telling me that parents had reached out saying uh my son he's just playing video games he's overweight and this is this this obesity epidemic of course it's going to stem from kids not going outside my dad In the summer, if I was playing video games during summer vacation and my dad came home, it was either A, he was going to find chores for me to do, or I could be outside playing. Mm -hmm. That that was the deal. So I was quickly to get off video games. Now we're in an environment where video games are encouraged because the kids are safe. And now kids are finding encouragement in it because they can – they can build a career on it, streaming on Twitch or mm-hmm. playing competitions, um, and and so these these there this whole culture around gaming and the sedentary life. And obviously, you know, you being in fitness, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of it as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do
1: you how do you talk to a kid who grew up playing video games that that he is he he is losing movement he is losing abilities physical abilities every day
0: yeah and not only that but it also kind of ties back to like the whole feeling of being present and being able to focus on a task it's really hard to sit down and read and digest a book when you you know you've put yourself through playing so many video games it's like back to you know just giving yourself so much of that short term gratification and in-your-face sort of high stimulation, yeah, it's nice to some point, but when all you do is give yourself high stimulation, then low stimulation activities are going to be good for your long-term growth, which is a lot of what's encompassed in self-improvement are just not going to seem attractive. And so I think that's why it's so important to just make sure it's a slow process. And at first, forgive yourself, be easy on yourself. Even I've told a lot of people, just start with one healthy habit and, and it'll grow into more.
1: Yeah, you know, I used to... I'm 45, I used to play with matchbox cars for hours, for hours, just zoned out in an imaginary world that I have created for myself. Um, And when I, to, to have your imagination taken away from you, how are you supposed to dream of things that you want to become? How do you dream of aspirations of a, of a of a self that you have yet to develop and
0: build? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say that. that's. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people say that they have the most random or sometimes the best ideas when you're in the shower. And it's funny because if you think about it, it's like that's the one time when you have to be disconnected from everything. It's just you. You know, obviously, you're not on your cell phone browsing Instagram in the shower. At least I hope not. That's pretty weird, but. It's like just having that time, like you mentioned early on, is just having that time without your phone. Uh, for people like, like us, like I believe you're sort of in the creative realm too with being in a, uh, having a podcast. To me, that's when all my ideas come to me, something I want to do for a post on Instagram or something I want to say or do for a podcast. It's never coming to me while I'm engaged with something on my phone or something like that. It comes to me when I'm bored sitting on the couch or going for a walk or you know, just being disconnected. There's so much value in that.
1: I quit running with headphones, so now on my long runs, eight, ten miles, it's I'm, there's no headphones. Granted, I'm running down Sunset Boulevard and I want to be alert, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: but but the 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 other point of that is, it just it, it gets my wheels upstairs moving, and and mm-hmm. I can zone out on music, on on a podcast topic, on whatever I want to. And it's fantastic. I think we all need time to do that. And also when we're talking about having your emotions being tied to somebody else, we have to learn to be able to diffuse emotions from thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you cannot do that without practicing mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And, and so if you're constantly being stimulated, well, then you, there is no opportunity to learn diffusion mm-hmm. and you will always have your power put in other people's hands.
0: Yeah. And it's like the stimulation back to the dating aspect, kind of like you talked about earlier is like part of the, I think part of the reason that people get wrapped up in always wanting to be in a relationship or always finding someone new to date is possibly Uh, Part of that wanting to always be stimulated, you know, that's a different area of stimulation than we just talked about, but it encompasses that. And a lot of times I know that I've battled this. It's like, you want more distraction when it's the worst for you, when you don't want to think about these other thoughts that are bothering you, that's when you paradoxically um, want more distraction and and seek it more. And so you really have to be intentional about that.
1: Absolutely. So Um, something else
0: I, Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I, we, I know you wanted to talk about moving to a new city yeah. and we really haven't got on that. So I was hoping my, perhaps we should get it back in, over there.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it all, it all ties in though. It's all, it's, it's all, you know, self-improvement and going back to, to dating. It, it all relates. But uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask was just, I'm curious about what you think about setting intention as far as going to a new area. Um, like we, I don't know if we mentioned before or after we were recording, but Johnny's, Um, moved to North Carolina, New York and LA during his time. And so my move was only from Lincoln to Omaha being done with school. So not a big move. But like I said, I was curious about setting intention because for me, um, how I approach dating, I had a girlfriend for a while. And so I had only, only kind of been sort of back into dating for really a number of months. But when I talk about intention, it's like for me, I'm open to if I were to meet a girl you know going out on dates and stuff like that but it's not like i'm thinking about when the next date is going to be or you know like i'm actively trying to think about dating and how do you think about that as opposed to you know someone who's like i want to be dating like you said you had the time period where you were purposely going on dates and trying new things what do you think are the differences between that and i guess just what's your viewpoint on that Um, it's almost it's almost like I don't, I don't know if that's good or bad necessarily, because it's almost like I'm half in the water, half out. And so, I mean, I know dating is it, it's, it's an interesting space for that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. You know, I think for everybody, everyone's coming into it with different intentions mm-hmm. and it needs to be, um, there is nothing wrong with just with dating, playing the field and, and mm-hmm. putting yourself out there, meeting new people. You know, moving to a new town, dating is a great way of meeting meeting new people. I yeah. have many friends here in Los Angeles that are, are friends because of dating. Mm-hmm. Friends who I've met from Bumble and Tinder who, though we didn't vibe romantically for whatever the reason being, a lot of times it's distance um, uh, and or... People in different places. For myself, mm-hmm. going out with some, with a girl who's really looking for something serious, I'm like, "Wow, well, I'm just hanging out." They're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, well, that's cool. Thanks for being honest." Yeah.
0: um So, it's and I'm just assuming here, but I bet there's been times where like you've been on a date with a girl and like things didn't necessarily click with you and her, but maybe she's like, "Hey, you should meet my friend Jim. Like, he also likes music, or, or da da da. You know, some some situation like that too." Or, like, these groups of friends like are interested in this thing you're interested in?
1: Yeah, as long as you're always honest. You know, I think that first date usually sets that up because mm-hmm. any time that I've been in a date that's going well, the, it's always been, oh, you know, what are you looking for on Bumble and Tinder? Um, and, and for I think for a lot of guys, it's the same. It's like, well, I just want to date. However, if I meet the right person – that I'm game for it to being in a relationship
2: mm-hmm. and
1: what do we mean by that well we you know what we mean by that what we mean by that as well If the, this girl really blows my mind I'm all about it um, and and but that's playing the field and as long as you're honest you'll find that especially your age there's a lot of people who who are looking to experience as many flavors as possible as well yeah
0: and it's funny how people are almost like, I remember I recently met a girl and she was telling me about how she was engaged and I said, oh, like, how did, how did you meet your husband? She was like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing. It was on Tinder. And it's like, I think we should kind of get rid of that stereotype. It's like, if you've been on Tinder and you have a good connection, like good for you, you're taking advantage of the technology of the day. Like we're all a product of our time to some extent, you know?
1: Absolutely. I think that stigma is, is more, is becoming less and less.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: I remember ten years ago, it was it was heavily there, and Mm -hmm. who would have thought that OKCupid and Match.com would have ended up being an app that you swipe while taking a shit in the morning? (laughs) It's come a long way. Yeah, not only that, it just it has become commonplace that you just Mm -hmm. meet people and you go out on random dates with people. That's like a very common thing. Think about how well-intentioned everything had to be when it was OK Cupid on Match. But now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I was, you know, it was crazy. This I got a cool hit on Bumble out of the blue, and and this girl's pretty rad, and I, she hit me up, so we're going to go out. Like, it is now just becoming a part of life.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It,
1: if you had a if you had a, if you told your friends you were going on a date with somebody met from OK Cupid 10 years ago, and, oh wow, what is she like? What does she do? Oh my god. I was like, oh I got this date on Tinder. So I'm gonna hit that, see how it goes. I might catch you later. Oh, okay. Thank oh, yeah. still... <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But it's just like it's like I said, I think it's interesting. We're all just such a product of our time, you know? You're we're taking advantage of technology and business and you know keeping up with our families and whatever else like we might as well take advantage of new technologies and dating as long as like we've already talked about you're not abusing them and so I was I was was interested in another thing you guys talked about in the fact that you you talked about being cognizant of not just taking it to where it's all just texting with a person that you meet or talking on the app and I know you have like the five message rule so how do you how do you uh, go from, what, what's some advice you have for someone to setting up a date and not just spending all that time just talking online?
1: Well, once again, because it's a tool, guys are going to attempt to figure out how to use that tool to its extreme efficiency. Here, in this case, guys are gonna to try to use texting as a way, an opportunity to make a connection hmm sorry you cannot make a connection with somebody you don't know through text that texting is only it should be used for logistics and meeting up so try to think of using that text you already got the match she already answered you when you wrote her that means it's on so it's up to you at that point to move it into Uh, maybe one or two more texts are like, Hey, really dug your pictures or, Hey, I really like this uh, about the, was that picture in France? That was really cool. And Mm -hmm. Hey, you seem really rad. That's, that's, uh, here's my number. What I usually do is, um, these, uh, these apps are a bit silly to communicate on. If you want to shoot me a, your name and then we'll set up a time to chat and then perhaps Mm -hmm. we'll go out and then I text my number. Um, that's usually done within five texts, sometimes mm-hmm. two or three. Um, and then from there, it's a quick call. And this does two things. It allows her to feel really good and her to feel special on her and her to see that you're a man who takes action.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and also is not afraid of a little risk, but also you're You are leading. How many women who, who I went out with were like so blown away by how quickly I moved to a conversation and how much they were like, this guy's got it together. Yeah. This guy's badass. This guy knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. So he, and one of my favorite things about behaviors and actions is the communication that's not being said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's more not being said than there is being said. So that phone call uh, within a few texts says everything that you need. In fact, I even have had one girl who, when I went for the call, <clears throat> was like, whoa, we don't even know each other yet. I'm like, that's what the call's for. And yeah.
0: she's like, oh, right.
1: <laughs> like, Because she had gotten sucked into this endless texting bullshit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I think something that, that you also mentioned there is like taking action with dating. I think that people really respect if you're like, you know, I think that a lot of people can run into, and I've definitely been there. It's like, oh yeah, we should hang out sometime as opposed to, Hey, like, do you want to go get a drink with me at six 30 on Friday? Like actually setting that intention of like, do you want to go to this place with me? I think it shows that you care rather than just like, yeah, like I'd be willing to hang out sometime and not really going any deeper than that right away. It just, just being actionable about it.
1: Yeah. And going out for drinks is nothing. I mean, <clears throat> you can even have in your profile that the thing like that you're looking to date, uh, you're excited to see where things lead. And, mm-hmm. there's, and it's even awesome to meet a new friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So now everyone's relaxed that we're not really worried about that. This connection needs to happen and sparks need to fly
0: we're just going to have drinks Mm -hmm. and and going back to like the part of we talked a lot about the dating anxiety it's like at a base level you're dating to do something fun you know what i mean like going out to get dinner should be fun going to a concert or uh you know whatever you want to do for a night out i know you guys mentioned like an arcade is a fun date like all that stuff is supposed to be done for fun at its base level you know just looking at it like that's a good way to take some of the anxiety out of it like let's go and have fun together and hopefully make a connection
1: Sure. You know, I've also had, because of what I do, I don't want to give my social media out also because I don't want then the girl to go Google me mm-hmm. and, and find out my whole goddamn life's history and going yeah. into the-
0: When they can go listen to you talk for five hours, you know, if they go and check out the podcast and it's like, you don't necessarily want them going in with that predisposition.
1: Yeah, and I so I I've, I've flat out told girls, I'm like, listen, you know, I live a lot of my life online,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I'd rather not give you that information until we're hanging out, mm-hmm. you know? And every girl's like, I totally understand. I did mm-hmm. not have one girls say that was weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll wind down here. Is uh, about 15 minutes all right with you? Sure. All right. Yeah, another thing I wanted to mention was something that I'm always very cognizant about. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, Susan Kane's book, quiet the power of introverts ever since I read that probably like my favorite book I've read this year, but she talks about the fact that introverted people, um, really like to like, and I a hundred percent resonate with this. It's like introverted people can get into deep, meaningful conversations and it's flows really well and it's very enjoyable, but it's really hard for us to make small talk to, to a large extent. So, how do you go about you know getting past that like oh what what does your family do where do, where does your family live you know what do you like to do for fun like what are some of your values you know cuz it would almost kind of scare a girl to some extent you know you don't just want to sit down and get a get a drink and so what are your core values you know what i mean having that kind of balance
1: <laughs> you know on the dates it was always about making light of the whole thing mm-hmm. cuz it, it is awkward meeting people for the first time so, you know, how's your Tinder experience been and have mm-hmm. have you met anyone cool and 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 being honest about yours? So for me it's like, well, I have stories of meeting really rad people. I've had I have stories of meeting absolutely insane people. I have stories of <clears throat> uh of course my 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 first time. So the other person is going to have that as well. Mm-hmm. And, As long as you show up focused on being present, and what I mean by that is showing up with a smile, shoulders down and back, and and some enthusiasm for meeting Mm -hmm. the person, they are going to loosen up. They are going to be uh, excited to meet you. And Mm -hmm. so we're opening the doors for those conversations, uh, for that conversation to be so much fun.
0: Yeah, I think another thing that's important to remember that I've heard it mentioned a lot, but I, I think it can't really be undervalued and that's listening to listen and not just listening to respond. So like, what are they saying? And not just like, what am I going to say in response? Or how can I relate to that? That's not always what it's about. It is to a small extent, but I think we really overblow that part of it.
1: And let's be honest, you're not going to be good at anything for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm. So if
1: you've never been on a, a Bumble date, well, yeah go into it expecting it's going to be awkward but if you're not going to go into it expecting it to be awkward we're not going to get to where these things can actually be fun
2: mm-hmm. so,
1: but you going in prepared for an awkward date you are you're about to get a, a your first bumble experience story that you can mm-hmm. tell your friends or that you could tell your next date
2: mm-hmm. you can talk
1: about oh yeah actually my last my first one was a couple weeks ago i was so nervous um i had never met anyone online before like give that story that shows how human and the girl on the other side of that is like is gonna love to hear that story but Mm -hmm. you're not gonna have that story if you don't girl
0: yeah i think you just have to be able to be vulnerable because it's more rewarding for you and the other person you know you don't want to spill your whole guts to this person but you want to like like you just mentioned there like Say, like, hey, you know, yeah, I I I'm pretty nervous. It's my first time. It's okay to say something like that because the, the other person's probably nervous too. And it kind of gets the elephant out of the room and to, to some extent.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. Well,
1: thing, well, you were mentioning about huh? the the opportunity to practice active listening is very important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing is when you're with your friends it's easy to be an active listener because you care you're empathetic you Mm want to help your friends but when you're nervous it's awfully difficult to be an active so you should look at these bumble dates and tinder dates these are the best opportunities that you're going to have to practice presence to practice active listening to practice being vulnerable practice sharing you're not going to get those any other way so Mm -hmm. look at those experiences that you're going to be that much better afterwards
0: yeah another useful piece of advice that i i heard on the art of charm before is when you guys talk about active listening it's like if you're nervous about starting to practice that active listening like do it at the gas station do it at the doctor's office you know do it with the mailman do it with insignificant people or instances at first and just develop that skill set because like everything else it's it's highly a big part of it is just a skill set to develop
1: yeah and you'll be able to then start paying attention to the communication that is not being spoken
2: Mm
1: -hmm. until you start settling down that you're able to focus on the other person
0: Mm -hmm. because if you're
1: nervous or have some anxiety going on you're focused on yourself
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely well thanks johnny for coming on Uh, i think there was a lot of useful information there uh dating definitely a multi-level uh Thing with a lot of variants. And so it's interesting to just hear our different perspectives kind of go back and forth. So I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Well, I always enjoy talking to you, Jake. You get it. So it's always a good time.
0: All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you next time.
1: All right.